we're going to be learning Kutis Sichas, Chelat the fifth Sicha for Pashmas Mishpatim, and this is a Rashi Sicha. It's going to be discussing the last parak, and specifically the last few psukim in Pashmas Mishpatim. Uh, the last parak of Pashmas Mishpatim, which is Parak Chabdalet, is there's a great debate between the Chachme Sarfas and the Chachme Sfard of when did this parak take place. The Ramban and others, Barbanel, say it took place after Matan and that would fit according to the chronological events. Parshish Yisrael, we had the Seir Sedibris, and then at the end of Parshish Yisrael, Parshish it continues with uh, the other laws that Moshe Rabbeinu learned on Har Sinai and told Ben Israel. And then in our Parsha, it continues with other events that happened after Matan But that is not how Rashi learns it. Rashi tells us that it happened on Dalit Sivan, that these are events that are recorded in short in Parshish Yisrael, about the events of Dalit and Hay Sivan, and over here it's being recorded in more detail. Uh, the Rebbe explains in another Sicha why is it split up like this. So he says the reasoning is because in Parshish Yisrael, Parshish Mishpatim, it's telling us that the more contra- the, the laws, the actual rules and laws of the Torah, it's telling us what they had to do the mitzvahs they had to do to prepare for Matan Torah, the actual mitzvahs that they got, the Sersedibris, the, the Mishpatim. And once we've completed that part of our connection to Hashem, now it gets into the second part, which is the bris, the covenant, the, uh, the, the, the bris that we have with Hashem. And therefore, in this parak, it's going to be discussing how Hashem, how we made a bris with Hashem, how Hashem wrote the Sefer Torah down and he made a bris with us and, and between us and Hashem. And how he goes up to get the luchas ha'edus, which are the luchas of the testimony about this bris that we have with Hashem. But uh, by the way, that's how Rashi learns it. The reasoning why uh, the Mefarshim tell us because at the beginning of the parsha, Perak of Dalit, sorry, beginning of the Perak, it tells us ve'el Moshe Amar, and to Moshe he said, which is past tense. So it's implying that it's not a continuation of events that happened prior; rather, it's something new. And the second point is because it talks about the bris, and logically it seems to make more sense that the bris would have been before Matan not after Matan And that's actually also how the Gemara learns it, that the bris uh, happened before Matan According to the Ramban, he's saying that this is a bris that happened after Matan that on the mitzvahs that they received uh, after Matan they they made a bris that they were, Nasa Venishma, he learns like, Nasa, we will do everything that you have commanded us to this point, and Venishma, we will continue to listen to whatever you, Moshe Rebbeinu, tell us, that Hashem commands us. The idea being is that the Bnei Yisrael, as we know in, Parsh, in the Parshisa, tells us that they said we cannot uh, handle Hashem talking to us directly. We want you to be our representative. So in the saying Nasa, in Nishma, this is right after Matan Torah, they're saying Nasa for whatever Hashem has told you until now. Uh, because according to the Ramban, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu came down right after Matan Torah and told them these laws, these Mishpatim, uh, the, the, the laws of the end of Parshish Yisrael, the laws of Parshish Mishpatim. And then the next day, uh, right, the day after Matan let's assume Matan was involved, and the next day would have been Zion, he made the Christus Bris with them, and then he goes back up uh, for the next 40 days to actually receive the Luchas. But according to Rashi, again, more preposterous that actually happened after, it happened before Matan because of this Christus Bris. So that, those would be the first 11 Psukim of this parak. Pasuk Yud Beis, until Pasuk Tezvav, everyone agrees, that happened after Matan um, so according to the Ramban, it's very nice, as I told you. The events, 
is Vav. Uh, he, he gives them all the extra laws, Zion to make the Christmas bris, and then he goes back up on Zion to Marhar Sinai to get the Luchas. According to Rashi, we're jumping again. So until now we're talking about Dalad and Hay, and now we're jumping back to Zion, Sivan, and he go, and Hashem tells him to come up the mountain to be able to receive the Luchas, and we know he's going to be up there for 40 days and 40 nights. So those are the Pesukim Yudbeis until Pasuk Tezvav, and then Pasuk Tezvav, it tells us that Meshitaka went up the mountain, as the Pasuk says, that the Yal Moshe Elahar, the Moshe ascended the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. And then there's three Psukim less to the Parsha, Tezayin, Yudzayin, Yudchas. So Psukim Tezayin and Yudzayin is Machloikis, when exactly they took place. Rashi, it's a Machloikis in the Gemara, and Rashi tells us this Machloikis. And the Gemara, it's Mashma, that it's a Machloikis regarding both Psukim, Tezayin and Yudzayin. The Rebbe will be Mechadish, that according to Rashi, he says that it could be according to Rashi, the Machloik, how he learns Machloikis, it would only be in, in Pasuk Tezayin. For right now, we'll learn as the Gemara is learning, and then we'll get to the Chiddush of Rashi later. So Tazayin and Yudzayin is Machlekes. When did that occur? So Rabbi Kiva tells us that this is a Gyuma Daf Dalit, that it's, this happened again prior to Matan That the Psukim tell us, the Pasuk Tazayin tells us, that the glory of Hashem rested upon, upon and the cloud covered it, meaning covered the mountain, for six days. And he, Hashem, called to Moshe on the seventh day, from the midst of the cloud. The appearance of the glory of Hashem was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain, before the eyes of the children of Israel. So according to Rabbi Akiva, this is an event which took place on Zion Siva. According to Rabbi Akiva, he holds like, like Rabbi Yossi, that Matan Torah took place on the 7th of Sivan. So therefore he's saying that these events are, are events that happened prior to Matan Torah. He says that the, 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 the Shekhinah of Hashem came down on Har Sinai and the, the clouds covered Har Sinai already for six days from Rosh Chodesh until the 6th of Sivan. And then on the 7th day, which had been Zion Sivan, Hashem calls to Moshe, the Seris of Dibris happen. And after the Seris of Dibris happen, uh, Moshe comes down to the Bnei Yisrael and he tells them uh, whatever he tells them, uh, as it says early in the parsha, and then he goes back up again on the seventh of Sivan and he's there for forty days. That is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Yisi Haglili, this is just actually a continue. Oh, before we get to Rabbi Yisi Haglili, then what would be the logic? Why, according to Rabbi Akiva, would the pasuk be talking about what happened on Zion Sivan and then jump back? Zayn Sivan after Matan Torah, and then it jumps back to what happened starting from Rosh Chodesh about the cloud, and then Hashem calling uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and, and, and saying the Sersi Dibris. Why would it go back in order? So there are different, unfortunately, give different Pirushim. Um, according to the Be'er Yitzchak, he says this because it wants to tell us about the greatness of this mountain that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be up getting the Luchas for the next 40 days. So it jumps back to tell us about the greatness of the mountain, how the, how the Shekhinah was there, and the cloud was covering it. Uh, etc. I believe the Guraria tells us that since we're talking about uh, the mountain, he wants to tell us all the, give us in a sense, all the event, the, the, the beginning in short, the events that happened. Sardar Rosh Chodesh, 
Mount Tyra, and he was there for the next 40 days. So it's giving us, in a sense, a, a, a quick uh, series of events. The other opinion that the Gemara tells us is Rabbi Yossi Haglili. He holds that Matan Tyra happened on the 6th of Sivan, like the opinion of the Chachamim. Therefore, according to him, it's impossible to say, or it wouldn't, wouldn't be logical to say, that Pasuk Tazayin happened, is, is, is referring to Matan Tyra. Because according to him, the cloud covered the mountain for the six days, and then Hashem called Moshe Rabbeinu on the seventh day. But wait a second, didn't Har Sinai happen? Sorry, didn't Matan Tyra happen on the sixth of Sivan? So what does it mean that he called to Moshe on the seventh of Sivan? That doesn't make any sense. So clearly this had nothing to do with Matan Tyra. Rather, if you see, he learns that Moshe Rabbeinu, before he was able to go be Eulah to Hashem, he had to be separated for a period of six days. This is similar to, you know, the Kain Gadol is separated from his family uh, for a period before Yom Kippur. Also before the Paraduma, we know that the Kain who's going to be Syrif, the Paraduma had to be separated. So similarly, Moshe, since he was going to be, be brought in front of Hashem, he had to be separated. So that's what the Pasuk's talking about. That. So Pasuk Tezvav and Tezayin Yudzayin is actually a continuation. Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain. The cloud was covering the mountain. And the glory of God was on that, Har Sinai. And the cloud covered, not Har Sinai, and the cloud covered Moshe for six days. That the cloud was in a sense like a separation for Moshe Rabbeinu, where he was able to become purified um, and, and, and made holy. Uh, I think the Gemara, the Gemara even tells us one of, one of the opinions there was, was to get rid of the physical food which is in his system, in order to, that it could be more like a malach. And then on the seventh day, which would have been Yud Gimel Sivan, Hashem calls Moshe Rabbeinu and, from the mountain, and then, uh, and then, then Pasuk Yudchas would continue, according to this, that on Yud Gimel Sivan, after being called by Hashem, he goes into the cloud, meaning he would go to a higher level within the cloud, because he already was within the cloud, as we know from Pasuk Tazvav, that Moshe Rabbeinu was there, he was covered with the cloud, according to basically for six days, and seventh day Hashem calls, and then he comes into the cloud, it means he comes into a, a higher level that he was before. And he rises and he ascends the mountain, Moshe is in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. According to the Akiva, he doesn't hold of this idea of that there were six days of separation, but rather what happens in Pasuk Yud Ches is that it's jumping back to what we were talking about. From Pasuk Yud Beis to Tazvav, we're talking about after Matan Terror on the 7th of Sivan. According to Bikiva, Matan Terror was the 7th, he went down, and then he went back up on the 7th itself. He goes back up, and then Pasuk Tazvav, Tazayin and Yudzayin is in a sense, it's jumping back in time to tell us what happened with, with Har Sinai and the greatness of Har Sinai. But then Pasuk Yud Ches goes back to our discussion. So we have a little, you know, brackets over there, and then it goes back to our discussion. So the way how the Torah works is that when it, when, when, then when there's a hapsik between two and Yonim, it will repeat what it said earlier. Now, we've had this many times in Torah. If you remember, one of the sechus we had was already in Parshas, um, um, I think it was Parsha Da'era, that we see this similar concept that the Torah will repeat an idea that I mentioned earlier because there was a hapsik in the middle. So since there was a hapsik about what happened, Prior to Matan Torah, it tells us again that Moshe came into the cloud and he went up to the mountain, but that would have happened on the 7th. So it's really a repetition. So one of the big differences between Rabbi Yisrael and Rabbi Kiva is that according to Rabbi Kiva, Pasuk Tezvav and Yudchas is the same thing. 
and it's just repeating it because there was a hefsek. Well, according to Rabbi this is actually two different aliyahs that Maishu Rabbeinu had. He had an aliyah which happened on Zion Sivan when he initially went up. Then he was covered for six days with the cloud. The seventh day, which on Yud Gimel see the Hashem calls him, and when he calls him, he goes up the Teich Anan and he goes to a higher uh, level, uh, on a higher ascension on the mountain. Okay, so. Let's ask a few questions, and we're going to do Rashi. One question, and then we'll do Rashi. So even before we do Rashi, one of the questions that we're going to ask is that in Pasuk Yudzayin seems to be very out of place, according to both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Siglili. Pasuk Tezzayin starts with, that the glory of Hashem was on Har Sinai. And then it tells us that, that the cloud covered either Moshe or the mountain for six days. And then Hashem calls Moshe Rabbeinu, and all of a sudden, that the appearance of the glory of Hashem was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. Well, that doesn't seem the proper place for it. It's Hashem calls to Moshe Rabbeinu from the Har, and, and then it should say that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the, to, to, went to the, went, ascended to the cloud. Why all of a sudden is there this hectic about what the appearance of Hashem was? It should have been said right after it mentions the glory of Hashem. It says, that the glory of Hashem rests upon Harsinai. And then it should have described what is this glory of Hashem. The glory of Hashem was, it was like a consuming fire. It should have said it right away when it mentions Kvayt Hashem. Why mention the Yishkan Kvayt Hashem Harsinai, separate with what Hashem's, that Hashem's calling Maisha, and then jump back to what the Kvayt Hashem looked like, and then it tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu basically listened, and he went to the Anan, and he was there for 40 days. That Pasuk seems to be out of place. Now, that would be according to both opinions. So let's look at Rashi. So the Rashi on our Pasuk, he says, what is this cloud? He says, He says, the cloud is a kind of smoke. So when Pasuk Yuchesed says that Moshe Rabbeinu came into the cloud, it doesn't mean a regular cloud. No, it means a cloud which is a kind of smoke. And Hashem made a path for Moshe inside of it. Question one. What is bothering Rashi that he tells us that the Anan was, was, was kind of smoke? Why don't you just learn it like, it always, like we always learn it? An Anan means a cloud, a regular cloud. True, sometimes in the Torah, Anan could be smoke. But it always tells us, like a non like the cloud of the Kateris, the Torah tells us clearly that it's a non Torah doesn't just call it an Anan. Anan, when it's mentioned in the Torah, it just means a regular cloud made from water. So what's bothering Rashi to say that it's not a regular Anan? No, this is Anan, which is Kamin Ashenhil. And of course, also, what's his source for such an idea? The Pasuk doesn't say that it was Ashen, it says it's a cloud. A cloud is made from water. Ashen is made from, from smoke, which comes from fire. They're very, they're, they're different ideas, different items. And the next question is, why does Rashi say that Hashem made a shvil, a, a path within this, uh, within the cloud? What's, what's bothering Rashi that he comes to tell us this particular idea? Um, what are the possible solutions? What, what Rashi, could Rashi be telling us? So the Pashas, maybe Rashi's trying to tell us, we have a question. We know that there's the, the, the Anan was the, was the, there was the Shekhinah. So maybe it's possible that since it was the Shekhinah, he wasn't able to come into this. He wasn't able to pass through it. 
our second maybe option is that it wasn't because it was the Shekhinah. Maybe it was because of all the smoke and everything else which was there. He was physically unable to go through the Anan. Maybe it was one of those issues, either because of the greatness of the Shekhinah he wasn't able to pass through or because of the smoke. And therefore, Rashi has to tell us that there is a Shevil that allowed him to go through. But the problem with these Chatamar is why is Rashi only mentioning him now? This is not the first time we're told that Moshe Rabbeinu is going through these clouds. If we look earlier on, this is in Pashas Yisrael, Parachoth, Pasuk Yudchas, this is right after Matan Taira. The Pasuk tells us that Moshe Nigash al-Arafel, that Moshe approached the Arafel, the, um, the fog. And Rashi tells us that this is the Thni Mishlesh that Moshe went within the three mechitzas of Choshech, Anan, Varaf. So he went through the Choshech, he went through the Anan, he went through the Ruffle. So if it's because of the Anan, because of the Choshech or any of these things, because of the holiness of it, why doesn't Rashi tell us that's an issue right there and say, oh, it was a Shvil. How did he get through it? It was because of the Shvil. He doesn't mention that. If it's because of the smoke, well, we have another Pasuk that tells us that there's smoke. In Pasuk, Perkutas Pasuk Yudchas, tells us that Har Sinai Ashan Kulay, Yared Allah Hashem, Ve'esh. That Harsina was full of smoke because Hashem went, came upon it with fire. The Yikra, and then it tells us two psukim later. The Yikra Hashem Lamaisha Reshar that Maisha, Hashem calls Maisha to come to the top of the mountain. And we know Bial Maisha Maisha went up, and that was on Vav Sivan. It was right before Mount Tyre. So you have Vav Sivan in the morning, or, or according to the second opinion, it would have been Zion Sivan in the morning. That Maisha Benu went up to the top of the mountain, and that was with smoke, and there was fire there. So if there was a problem with smoke and fire. Why doesn't Rashi tell us, oh, how, did, how did he survive? Is because Hashem made him a shavil. So Lechaira, there isn't any issues with it. In R10, the Rebbe mentions that, that according to that, that first passage that we mentioned from Yisrael Perikhoff, where it mentions that Moshe was Nigash al Harafa, the Moshe on the seventh day of Sivan approached and went through the Harafel. Um, he says, according to when did that happen? That was happening after Mount Tyra. So that means it's referring to the second time when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to get the Luchas. So when Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Zion Sivan, after the Luchas were given, he went up, sorry, after the Torah, after the, after the but he went to go actually receive the Luchas from Hashem. That's when he went up. So that that would be the same time period as what we're talking about. Because also by us we're talking about that, that this happened on Zion Sivan. So maybe it's the same story. So Rashi doesn't discuss that issue earlier on in Parsha Sisera because he's waiting for when the story will be repeated with more details in our Parsha. Is there are many details that are mentioned in Parsha Sisra, but there are certain details of Har Sinai and Matan that which isn't mentioned until our Parsha. So maybe it's possible that this is a detail that he waited to explain until our Parsha. So first of all, there's two issues with that. First of all, that only were, that, that this is a question, if we're saying that there is an issue, that how did Moshe get through the smoke, or how did Moshe Rebenu go through the go to the Anan when there's the Shechina, Rashi shouldn't have waited until it's be, until we finish the entire story of Matan Torah later. 
The first time he mentions it, logically, if a child has an issue, how did Moshe survive? Should have mentioned it the first time. Just because there's going to be more details later on, that's not really a logical reason to push off telling us an issue that the, the student has right away. Uh, certain details Rashi won't explain now, it's because it's not a question that we have al-Asar. And later on, it's going to tell us, you know, all the different events of what happened. Like Rashi tells us about Dalad hates Sivim. When it's first mentioned, Parshat right? he says there's going to be more details in Parshat Mishpatim. So the details in Parshat Mishpatim, he'll explain in Parshat Mishpatim. But if there's a Shiloh, it's negated to Parshat Sisra, he shouldn't have mentioned it right there. And second of all, this only fits, this answer would only anyways work according to Rabbi Akiva, because according to Rabbi Akiva, when Moshe, when did Moshe go lefni Mishloish Mechitzis, if you remember, that was on Zion Sivan, because he only went up once. He went up on Zion Sivan, and he went straight to Hashem, lefni Mishloish Mechitzis. So that would have happened on Zion. But according to Rabbi Yisri Haglili, there were actually two events that happened. There was one that happened on Zion, when he went up the first time, and then there was a second time he went up on Yad Gimel. So Parshish Yisrael was clearly talking about right after Matan Peir, so that would have been on Zion. But according to Rabbi Yisri Haglili, Pasuk Yudches in our Parsha, when it says, that's talking about Yud Gimel Sivan, which would have been six days later. So, so even if you want to say that Rashi's waiting to explain it because it's going to mention it again, but he actually doesn't mention that story again. When, he, when does he explain it? He explains it when it's mentioned on Yud Gimel Sivan. Why wait until Yud Gimel Sivan, the, the, the time that Moshe Rabbeinu went on in Yud Gimel Sivan, explain it when he went on Vav Sivan, really before even Matan Torah, or at least Sain Sivan, when it says Niga Shalarafa, but now, according to basically, it's not being explained how Moshe was able to travel through the smoke until Yud Gimel Sivan. Why would Rashi wait to explain that until that point? It doesn't seem so logical. So the explanation is like this, that what was bothering Rashi, this was what was bothering Rashi, and by understanding what was actually bothering Rashi in the Pasuk, you'll see it never bothered him how Moshe Rabbein was able to get through the cloud. That wasn't what was bothering Rashi. The issue is that there seems to be some, an extra point that's being mentioned. It says in Pasuk Tezvav that the cloud was covering Har Sinai. But Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the Har, and the cloud was covering the Har. Then in Pasuk Yudchas, it says, that Moshe Rabbeinu went into the cloud. So let's look at both opinions, how to understand what's going on over here. According to Rabbi Yisrael, Pasuk Tezvav is on Zion Sivan, that Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Zion Sivan, and he goes into the mountain, and he's covered for six days, and on the seventh day Hashem calls him, and then he goes into the cloud again. Wait, he already is in the cloud. He's been in the cloud already for seven days. The cloud was literally covering him. There's this whole union that he's being separated, Hashem calling him. So what does it mean that he's going into the cloud? He already was in the cloud. What's going on here? And even according to the Akiva, it also does, it's, there, there's, some, there's something extra over here. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu went, uh, went up the mountain. The cloud covers him. So the cloud, which was covering the har, you know, according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, was covering it, as we saying in the next passage, already for Moshchedesh. For Moshchedesh Sivan, the cloud covered the mountain, according to Rabbi Kiva, for six days. On the seventh day, Hashem calls Moshe Rabbeinu, gives him uh, and tells the Jewish people the Ten Commandments. And then uh, he goes down, he comes back up, and then when he goes back up, the cloud is still covering the mountain. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went, went up after Har Sinai, and he went up the mountain, 
the cloud was there. So obviously he had to go through the cloud. So why in Pasuk Yudches does it have to tell us that, that Moshe went through the cloud? We already know he went through the cloud because it says that in Pasuk Tezvav, that Moshe Rabbeinu um, went up the mountain and the cloud was still there. So of course he went through it. So as we already said earlier, this set the Pasuk needs to tell us twice that he even went up the mountain that we can understand because since there was a separation, uh, there's a hapsik. So it tells us he was talking about Moshe Rabbeinu going up to the mountain. We had a separate, uh, we had a hapsik. So it tells us again that he went up to the mountain to be there for 40 days. But why does it have to tell us that he went through the cloud? That seems to be something which is obvious. Just by telling us that he went up the mountain, we already know automatically the Mela he must have gone through the cloud because we already know that there was a cloud there. There's a cloud already from Rishwedish Sivanim. So it doesn't seem to be uh, telling us anything. So that, this was what was bothering Rashi. So just to summarize, what was bothering Rashi? What was bothering Rashi is that according to Yisi HaGlili, for Yavah Moshe Vatech Anan, he already was in the cloud. And according to Rabbi Kiva, we already know that the cloud is covering Har Sinai. So if he's going up to Har Sinai, of course he's going to be going through the cloud. I mean, the truth is you can ask that even according to Rabbi Yisi Aglili, technically, that since the cloud was already there, so even the first time he went up, he obviously went through the cloud. But Rabbi Yisi is even stronger because he literally was there already for seven days being covered by the cloud. So of course he's was in the cloud. What does it mean? He's, what does it even mean that he went to the cloud again? He really was there. So on this, this is what's bothering Rashi. So Rashi answers that the cloud that's talking about Pasuk Yudches is a different type of cloud. The cloud that we're talking about was a cloud which was a type of smoke. So when so therefore, this is what's going on. According to Rabbi he went up the mountain on the seventh. He goes through the regular cloud. He's there for seven days. Hashem calls him. And then he goes through this other cloud, this cloud of smoke. According to Rabbi he goes up the mountain which he has to pass through the regular cloud and then Hashem makes and then he continues to go through the mountain until he reaches a point that he also has to go through the smoke and he goes through the second cloud of smoke um, to be there for 40 days and 40 nights the question is how did Rashi know that it was a smoke like you understand that Anan over here has to be something different that we mentioned earlier clearly the Ashan over here can't be the, the Anan over here cannot be the same Anan we were talking about but how does Rashi know that it's that it's smoke so th- how he knows this is from the idea of smichus, from the smichus of psukim. That from the, the what, as we mentioned earlier, our first question was, why does the pasuk mention that Marik Vayit Hashem Ke'eshachelas in between pasuk Tezayin to Yudchas? It, sh- it should have said it right after it mentioned Vishkin Kveit Hashem Har Sinai. It should have said, and what does this Kveit Hashem look like? It was Marik Vayit Hashem Ke'eshachelas. Why does it tell us Kishkin Hashem? And then it tells us that it was covering Hashem calls to Moshe, and then it goes back to what the Shrina looked like. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't make sense that order. Elamai, the reasoning is, it's to tell us that Pasig Yudzayin and Yudchas are connected. That's why he puts it next to it. And how is it connected? Because it's telling us that there was a Nan that we're talking about that Moshe went to is the Nan that came because of the eight Mara, because of the eight Ke'eshechalts. It was because of the Ke'eshechalts, this consuming fire, that's why there was this smoke there. And that's also Meduyuk. Another question is, why does the Pasuk tell us that Hashem looked like a consuming fire? What is the difference? When you're looking, it was a mar, it was a vision, right? Hashem looked like something. What is the difference of looking at a fire or looking at a consuming fire? Doesn't every fire consume? So just say that Hashem appeared like a fire. I mean, he appeared like a consuming fire. Alamai, the Pasuk's trying to tell us that the vision of Hashem wasn't just that there was a fire on the mountain, rather that this fire was actually consuming the mountain. So Hashem looked like this fire that was actually consuming the mountain and was on the head of the mountain. 
Uh, it says, the Rebbe's going to die. Why does it have to tell us it's Barosh Hahar? The reasoning is because we're talking about that it was in Midbar Sinai, and specifically it was on the top of the mountain. The top of the mountain would have just been rocks. So it wasn't any, it wasn't like the other parts of the, the mountain that would have had the snap, you know, the burning bush was there, we had snap, we might have been trees there. But over here we're talking about the top of the mountain, which was nothing was there. So we're, so we're saying it's a consuming fire, but fi in order to fire, the smoke doesn't come from fire. The smoke comes from when the fire is consuming something. So what was it consuming? It was consuming rock, which isn't something which is natural. So this that it was able to consume rock was a miracle. So also the smoke that was coming from it wasn't a natural type of smoke. It was the smoke that was coming from consuming rock. That's what Rashi says it was kiminosh. It wasn't smoke literally. It was like a smoke, meaning it's just like regular smoke comes from when there's a fire consuming a, a flammable type of material. So also over here, there was something which was like smoke, which was coming because of this fire, the, 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 the Mara of Hashem, which was like a fire, which was consuming the rock. That's why it was Kimin Hashem. And now we can go back to the other question, which was, why does Rashi have to tell us that there is a Shavil? Our question is, if there is an issue about Moshe Rabbeinu going through the Shekhinah, going up to the Shekhinah, or if there is an issue with Moshe Rabbeinu going through smoke and fire, why doesn't it tell us that in Pasha's Yisrael? So the explanation is because Rashi, Rashi never had an issue with this, that Moshe Rabbeinu had to go through smoke, fire, because obviously if Hashem is calling for him to come, and then he, the Pasuk tells us that he came, clearly that Hashem did it in a way that he would be able to survive. Since it was something which was Nagir Lepel, that Moshe Rabbeinu had to go to the mountain, and he has to be able to survive the smoke, the fire, everything else was there, of course he survived it, similarly even in our Pasuk. The, the Rashi doesn't have to tell us how does he survive this, even if you're in a path, how do you survive the smoke? You, there's no air in this, in this, there's smoke around you, even though there's the path, there won't be any air. Elamai, of course Hashem was going to protect him and make sure that he was able to go on the mountain and he would have been healthy and it was no sakana for him. Rather, what Rashi's trying to tell us over here is that since we're telling us this Pasuk, that there was the cloud that he's going through at this point was a cloud which was like smoke, so if there's smoke, we know that smoke, a, a fire which comes from smoke, because of something which is consuming, there's, there's soot. And that soot would have dirtied Moshe Rabbeinu's clothing, and made his face dirty, and then it would not have been respectful for Moshe Rabbeinu to go in front of the king to receive a gift from the king, receive the lochais, while he was dirty. So until this point in time, it was all about really Moshe Rabbeinu approaching these things, how does he survive? Of course, there was a miracle. But now Rashi's trying to add us a detail that once the Pasuk's telling us that it wasn't just a fire, uh, but there's actually a smoke that came from soot, from something being consumed, that it would have made him somewhat dirty. Therefore, Hashem tells us that there was a shvil that was made for him, therefore, that he was able to approach Hashem also in a respectful manner. That is, oh, and just to add one more point before we start discussing this, you know, ask some questions on the Sikha, would be this also, according to Rashi, as we mentioned earlier, he would learn the Machleik between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yisrael a little different than the Gemara. As mentioned, according to the Gemara, they say Pasuk Tezayin and Yudzayin is the argument of when that occurred. That from, according to Rabbi Kiva, it started from Rosh Chodesh, that the Shechina came on Rosh Chodesh, the cloud came on Rosh Chodesh, Hashem called them on Zayin Sivin, and uh, fine. But according to Rabbi Yisrael all these things actually happened 
uh, started on Zion Sivan, and Hashem called him on the 13th of Sivan. But the truth is, according to Rashi, the Yishkun Kvei Hashem Lohar Sinai, and the Mark Kvei Hashem Keishachas, at the beginning of Pasuk Zion and Pasuk Yudchas, would actually have been, could be that Lukuli Alma that actually happened after Matan Taira. That would have happened already starting Zion. That it, it's a continuation. That Moshe went up the mountain. The cloud covered the mountain, which would have been on Zion, and the Yishkan created Hashem on top of uh, on top of Har Sinai. And what does this Shechina look like? Mark created Hashem keishachalas. And the argument would be when it says v'yichasei on on sheishis yomim that the cloud the cloud covered the mountain six day, for six days. The mountain the 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 according to Rikiva, it says then at that point it jumps backwards. V'yichasei on on sheishis yomim. So we have the the created Hashem which was on Har Sinai, and then the pasuk tells us that you should know that the cloud was actually there already from six days earlier. And that Hashem called on the seventh day from within this cloud. But the Yishu Kvayt Hashem Al-Har Sinai would have been, uh, well, the I guess it would have happened on Matan Torah uh, itself, or what sounds like would have happened on, according to this chat, would have happened for sure on Zion Sivan. What it was before Matan Torah, I'm not sure, at least this passage doesn't discuss it. So maybe the six days, even according to Bikiva, something was happening, then Matan Tairah. But definitely after Matan Tairah, Yishun Kvayt Hashem would have been, it could be according to Bikiva and Rabbi Yisei Haglili, would have been the, uh, the Shechina. Because according to Rabbi Yisei Haglili, Matan Tairah was on the sixth. According to uh, Rabbi Kiva, Matan Tairah would have been on the seventh. So oh, I'm just thinking, so what Rabbi could be saying is that according to everybody, that actually happened on the seventh. Because according to Rabbi Yishim Kvayt Hashem, as we know, is clearly talking about after Matan Torah, this whole thing. So on the 7th, the Kvayt Hashem would have came. So the 6th was Matan Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu goes down. He comes back up the next day. And the Yishim Kvayt Hashem will have Sinai. While according to Rabbi Kiva, Matan Torah happened on the 7th. So I guess, again, he would agree that the Yishim Kvayt Hashem was started also on Matan Torah. It started on the 7th. Because that was Matan Torah. And then it continued when Moshe Rabbeinu came back up. The same Yishim Kvayt Hashem would have still uh, Vipashta has been there, but I guess technically, just like Rav Yisachar learns that it was Yishkin Kvayt Hashem just for, because Moshe Rabbeinu was coming back up to receive the Luchais, it could be that Rav Kiva would hold the same thing, but I don't think you, that the Shriniki left and then came back when Moshe went up the mountain. But maybe, again, you don't need to actually even come to that point. You could still say the Shrina actually stayed there because it was the same day. So there wouldn't have been a Machlekes. According to Kuliyami, it happened on the 7th, the Yishkin Kvayt Hashem. Al-Har-Sinai. Okay, I just wanted to jump back, is that we, in, in the Sicha, it seems like we're saying that why does Rashi, the, the answer of the Sicha is that why does Rashi talk about uh, the Shvil Dafk in our Pasha, not in the earlier Pasha? So it seems like, the, the, because only in this Pasha is it Negea, we're talking about that there was a smoke, a soot, a soot that came because of the, the, the fire which was consuming the stones and it would have made Moshe dirty and therefore Rashi tells us that there was a shvil. But L'chayur, you can ask that even in Parshas Yisroi, it told us that there was a fire. You mentioned from Perk, Yutchas, Pasik. Perk, Yutchas, Pasik, Yutchas, you said, Bahar Sina, Ashan Kulay, Nehesha, Yarda, Lava, Shambayesh. And then Moshe Hashem calls him back up. So even then, even if you want to say, of course, Rashi doesn't have to explain to us why he wasn't damaged by the fire. But if we're saying that there was smoke there and there was this issue of Moshe Rabbeinu approaching Hashem with dirty clothes, 
why doesn't Rashi just still have to mention it? Because already in Perik, there it tells us that there was fire and smoke on, on the mountain. So this was discussed on the WhatsApp chat. I'll give you an answer or two that I saw there and also maybe give you my own answer. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'll see which one you like the best. So one of the answers which was given is that <clears throat> it seems that Dafkin in our Parsha, the fire is called an Eish, Eichalas. Masha Enkin in, per, in Parsha Sisra just calls it an Eish. So Ula Yesh Leimar, that only in our Parsha when it was an Eish Eichalas, so the fire was consuming, that's when there was a smoke that would have been made that would have left the dirt and stuff on Moshe Rabbeinu. Masha Enkin in Perak, in Parsha Sisra, when it just calls it a fire, the fire wasn't consuming. So also the smoke wouldn't have been a natural type of smoke uh, and therefore also wouldn't have made any dirt. Uh, the Rebbe actually mentions in Pneumius and Yonim, he mentions Alpi Pneumius and Yonim, he says this idea that the fire that was before Mount since it was before the idea of the, that the Gezerim was this battle, we didn't have the capability to bring Ruchnis into the Gashmias. Therefore the Eish, which was before Mount or even on the day of Mount but before Mount actually happened, wasn't able to consume the, the Gashmis, meaning is it wasn't able to be Milo, wasn't able to elevate the physical parts of the world. So there was a fire, but the fire couldn't connect to the world. So therefore, it, couldn't, it wasn't an Eishai Chalas because it couldn't connect to the physical world. So definitely, Alpipnimis Yonin, we could say that uh, over there was just a regular fire. Mashaikin, after Matan then the fire had the capabilities to be Eishai Chalas, is able to even consume the the daimim of this world and be able to mile it. Therefore, also there was the the piyach kifshon that which would have made him his clothes dirty. That was uh, one answer. Um, the only thing that I would be mayor is that in Parsha Sisra it tells us that there was that the mountain was full of smoke. And if you remember the sicha from last year in the Kutisichas Chelat Design, the third sicha of Parsha Sisra, the Rebbe learns that the fire. As, uh, was not actually the fire that came down from Shemayim wasn't actually on the mountain itself, as Rashi tells us. It was uh, there was the fire was on the Shemayim, which was on top of the mountain. So you had the Shemayim and the fire, which was on the Shemayim, which was put on top of the mountain. So there was nothing actually being consumed before Mountain Tyre by that fire because it was on the Shemayim, which was on the Har Sinai. So the smoke, the Rebbe explains, came from the that when you have a fire which is close to bushes or trees. Uh, a smoke will come up, will come up from these objects because of the heat. There still will be some level of smoke. So when they're saying that the harsina was still smoke, was because of the heat of the fire which was there, even though it wasn't consuming it. So it still sounds that al pipshat there was some smoke, but at least at this point you could already be mechalek that it wasn't the same level of smoke that we're having uh, in this parsha, where it's literally burning from the mountain and there's smoke coming up from the mountain all over there it would have been a lot less, so you could be mechalic that way. Uh, I was thinking of a second approach, is that we need to understand better what the original question of the Rebbe was. The question of the Rebbe was, is that if what's bothering Rashi is how was Moshe able to go through this smoke or go through the cloud, then Rashi should have avert that issue right away the first time it mentions it in Parshish Yisrael. Why wait to our Parsha? And the Maider Rebbe explained that that was never a shayla that Ben Chamesh Nimikra would have because he understands if Hashem gives him a Moshe Rabbeinu command to come to him and he has to go through a cloud, then obviously he gives him the capability to safely pass through the cloud. 
it's only when we get to our parsha, there's an added, since we are, have a question in our parsha, why does it say that Moshe went so there's a Shiloh which is being Meyer, and therefore Rashi has to tell us that it was a Kimin Ashan. So once Rashi brings up this idea that it was a Kimin Ashan, then it becomes the Shiloh. Okay, so how is talking that Hashem made it in a way that he would have to go dock through smoke and get his clothes dirty and get his face dirty by going through that and through that. The Moshe is getting dirty, and then he has to first of so all, which would be opposite, the Chasat Moshe himself is getting dirty, and second of all, that you'd have to approach Hashem to receive the Luchais in a way which would be Hapech HaKavid. Why would that have to be, why, why is that being stressed? So in other words, even in the other parsha, Eid HaChinami, maybe he, he was getting dirty and Hashem had to make him a Shvil. But Rashi doesn't need to mention over there because it's, it's not one of the details that the Psukim are, being, are focusing on. And it's, not a, and it's not a question that Ben Chamesh the Mikra would have. That how did Moshe go through the cloud and he's getting dirty? That's not a l'chayr, but that's a question you would have. He wants to know, if Hashem told him to go up, his clothes get dirty, his clothes get dirty. It's rather, uh, the question he might have is about how is he able to do it safely? And even that's not a shayla for him, because he understands that if Hashem gives a command, that he obviously gives you the capability to do it. It's only, as we said earlier, that there are certain pratim that are only that are discussed in Parshish Mishpat, Yisra, and there's other pratim that are discussed in Parshish uh, Mishpatim. So what are one of the details that are, is discussed in our parsha? It's discussed in this parsha, this idea of Moshe Rabbeinu going through the, the, the cloud of smoke. So since this is the place where it's discussing that detail of Moshe Rabbeinu going through the cloud of smoke, so Rashi explains exactly how that was done in a respectful way. And to, to be Moshev, how Taka does Rashi know that it, it was specifically a shavil? So the Mephorshim tells us it's because it's Xer Shav. It says in our, well, it says in our Pasuk, the word Baseich. It also says by Kriyas Yamsuf, Baseich Hayyam. So just like by Kriyas Yamsuf, it was a Shvil, also in our Pasuk, it was a Shvil. And, and to be Moisif, that the word Baseich itself, we learn out that that it was a Shvil. Because it could have just said Biyamsuf, that the Yidden went through Biyamsuf. Why does that say Baseich Hayyam? The reason why it doesn't say Biyam, it says Baseich Hayyam, it's to say, it's to tell us that they were literally inside of the Yam that it was like a tunnel that they were going through. So same thing over here, when it says B'seich Anah, it wants to tell us that he was literally within the smoke. So since we're talking about this idea, here's where the Pratim are being given, that he was B'seich Anah, that, that he was in the smoke, and he, the Pasuk itself is being Miramis to this idea, B'seich Anah, that it was a form of Ishmael. This is why Rashi over here is going to, 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 to discuss it. But in Echanami, maybe Rashi would agree that earlier on it was the same thing. But why doesn't Rashi discuss it there? Because that's not a question that a child would have al-Asar, and, it, and it's only a question or an explanation that needs to be given once we start discussing the details of how exactly Moshe went through the clouds. That would be more of a detail type question, how exactly did it work? One last thing I wanted to discuss was Ha'ara 11. So in, in the Pnim, the Rebbe was discussing, again, the same question of why doesn't Rashi uh, explain if it's an issue how Moshe Rabbeinu went through the cloud or went through the smoke. Why doesn't he explain it earlier? So in R11, he says, even in our parsha, Per Chaptal at Pasuk Beis, it tells us the Nigash Moshe Levade that Hashem told him that the Zakanim and everybody will go to one, will have their own spot. They have to also be Ayla to wherever it is at their Ayla. But only Moshe Rabbeinu will approach to Hashem 
And Rashi explains what does that mean, El Rafa, that he will go into the actual La Rafa. So that that and we know that sheet the shame tartsa And we can't say that why doesn't Rashi explain it over there in Pasik Bays is because uh Liga Shalarafal happened on Zion Sivan. And as we explained already earlier, that according to Rikiva, on Zion Sivan was also a Moshe when he went up to get the Luchas and when he approached the Rafal. So just like in Parshish Yisrael, it says, Nigashal Rafal, it's a Zion Sivan. Also at the end of the Parsha, it says, according to Rikiva, that Moshe went to Teich Anan, it was in the Rafal. So also at the beginning of the Parsha, Pasuk phase would be that he went to the Rafal, would have been Zion Sivan. And Rashi is just waiting to explain it in the last post, in the place where it's really discussing the story of Moshe Rabbein going up after Matantai, which would be at the end of Parashat Mishpatah. So we discussed that earlier that Rashi uh, wouldn't have done that because the question would have been right away as soon as we mentioned this concept of Moshe Rabbeinu going through the smoke. So we explained that, why that wouldn't occur earlier. But Rebbe is pointing out that even without saying all of that, clearly in Pasuk Beis, it's not talking about what happened on Zayn Sivan because the, Rashi tells us that this Parsha, Per Chavdalit, happened on Dalit Sivan. That this is a command that Hashem gave to Moshe Rabbeinu on Dalit Sivan. It's nothing to do with what happened after Matan Torah. And he says, Because the Re'im, when he quotes on Rashi, when it says, Al HaRafel, so the Re'im says that it's referring to what it says in Parshish Yisrael, Per Kaf, Pasuk Yuches, that after Matan Torah, when it says that Moshe approached the Arafel. So Tzorif Ian, because Rashi's telling us this happened on Dalit Sivan, this parsha, and the Re'im is quoting something which happened in clearly after Matan Torah. So it, it's not the correct timing. But Lachaira, you can ask Shaila also on the Rebbe's shot. What does the Rebbe mean that this happened on Dalit Sivan? Lachaira, it. Hashem was just giving him a command on Dalit Sivan, what he's supposed to be doing on the day of Matan Torah itself. That Hashem was telling him that the Sakanim on the day of Matan Torah will have their own mechitzas, while you will be Niga Shalorofa, you will approach me directly. Um, so it, it also didn't happen on Dalit Sivan, it would have happened on Vav Sivan. Hashem was telling on Dalit Sivan what he would be doing on Vav Sivan or, or, or Zion Sivan, according to that opinion, but it wasn't on Dalit Sivan itself. So the, the explanation is that Yanachanami, that's correct. What, what the Rebbe is trying to focus on that it was on Dalit Sivan is because is according to the Ramban, the Nigashal Rafa, the whole Parsha happened on Zayn Sivan. And, and this is a command that Hashem is giving on Zayn Sivan that he should have come back up the mountain the following, uh, on Vav Sivan. Hashem gave the command of Vav Sivan, telling him that he should go back on the mountain on Zayn Sivan. He should be Oila on the mountain. So the Rebbe is telling us that according to Rashi, this happened before Mountain Tayra, and it was a command about Moshe Rabbeinu going up the mountain also before Mountain uh, before Mountain Tayra. Moshe came to Zikanim and Aaron. They shouldn't be going all the way up to where Moshe was going. Um, but since the Rebbe writes it Sarhin for their aim, so just to maybe give a possible answer, what talk is the rain aim? It seems like a very very obvious question. What is the aim talking about? That the whole the whole Kiddush of Rashi is. That the Nigashal Rafal, this whole parsha is talking about before Matan Torah. He's trying to say the opposite of the Ramban. The Ramban says this parsha happened after Matan Torah. So according to the Ramban, Nigashal Rafal Taka happens on 
So the Ra'im is basically telling us that Rashi is saying the same thing as, as the Ramban. Like, what, what's even the Havamin in the Ra'im? So the Chayra, maybe you could give an answer, is that what Hashem was telling him on Dalit Sivu, he was actually giving him two commands. He was telling him, first of all, the first Pasuk Beis is telling us that Moshe and Aaron and the Zakanah would be oil on the mountain. That's Taka referring to before mountain Taira. And then the next Pasuk, when it says that Moshe will be Nigash and nobody else will be Nigash, rather that they, that the Zakanah and everybody will have to stay, uh, they'll bow down from a distance. Maybe he was telling him what will be happening after mountain Taira. That was the second command. That there's a command that you should know that after Matan Torah, you will have to come up on your own, and everybody else is supposed to be staying in the camp. As we see at the end of this parsha, that Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Zakanim and Aaron that they should stay in the camp with the people to be the judges. So Ula Yeshlemet, the Reim is trying to tell us that what is Rashi trying to tell us? When it says Nigash Moshe Allah Rachel, what's Rashi telling us? Nigash Moshe Allah Rachel. It says Nigash Moshe Allah. The pasuk tells us that Moshe is approaching Hashem. Why is Rashi need to tell us that was in the Arafa? Like, obviously, we already know that earlier that Hashem was within the three mechitzas and the most inner mechitzah would have been in the Arafa. So what, what's the Chiddush Rashi's trying to tell us? So Ra'im is trying to tell us that Rashi's letting us know that even L'Chathchila, that there was two commands. There was a command that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to go up before Matan Torah and Desikadim and Aaron also were able to go up to, you know, each one on their own level. Masha'in came. After Matatar, only Moshe Rabbeinu was able to go up, while everybody else had to stay at a distance and help basically the Bnei Yisrael. And Yeshua HaSafat, the Ramban, tells us in Parshish Yisrael that this, this, that we know that after, we know that the, after Matatar, the Yidin came to Moshe Rabbeinu and told him that we can't, they thought that Hashem is going to tell all of the Tariyag mitzvahs to them. Not just the Seres Adibr. So they came to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, we can't listen to all the Seres, all the Tariyag Mitzvahs from Hashem. It's too much. We can't handle it. Rather, you be our, be our messenger. You be the one that will be the, 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 the Mimutza to tell us what Hashem is, all the other Mitzvahs. So Moshe Rabbeinu replies, that's actually what Hashem always had in mind. That what Hashem had in mind was only to tell you the Seres Adibr. And the rest of the Torah would, would go through me. So according to that idea that that was always what Hashem had in mind, that he would only say the Aser Sedibus and everything else would, would have been through Misha, that fits very well with maybe our Psukim. The first Pasuk is telling us that there was a command that would only be relevant for the Aser Sedibus. And then there was a second time that Moshe Rabbeinu had to go up after on the seventh. And it was only supposed to be him. So it wasn't like, uh, it was because the Yidin couldn't handle it. And they couldn't handle speaking to Hashem. Therefore, Hashem, in a sense, changed what was supposed to be happening after Matan Taira. That on the seventh, really, it wasn't supposed to just be Moshe Rabbeinu going on top of the mountain. Or maybe Hashem would have given all the Yidin the Luchais and, and told them the rest of the Taira. But what Rashi's trying to tell us that, no, this was, this was always the plan, that it was only supposed to be Moshe. So Ula Yeh that is the uh, Chiddush what the Re'im is trying to tell us in Rashi.